0: Listening to the "Wouldn't It Be Cool" podcast with Chris Dempsey. Welcome back or welcome to "Wouldn't It Be Cool" podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dempsey, uh, episode eighteen. Um, so let's see. Reach me at um, "Wouldn't It Be Cool" Instagram, "Wouldn't It Be Cool" at Facebook, and "Wouldn't It Be Cool." Uh, podcasts at gmail.com and please spread the word spread spread the love and get it out to your friends and please subscribe on itunes and leave a review if you would very helpful greatly appreciated um so episode 18 with my friend talia um talia is a She's, how do I describe this? She's the daughter of a friend of ours. And um, Talia is, oh, I don't know, the smartest young person I've ever talked to. Um, she's just a really cool, cool person. Um, she's like, you know, I don't even think I asked, but I, I want to say 21, 22 years old. And uh, uh, you, I kept escaping my mind all the time. Like this kid, like I was gaining more wisdom than I was imparting. I assure you. Um, She is uh, just a really interesting, powerful, brilliant kid who is going to do great things and is already doing great things. Um, We talked a lot about politics. We talked about, you know, um, the world in general we talked a little vegan world we talked a little um lbgtq world um issues and she's got some amazing insight she kind of tells her coming out story um and uh i don't know i found it really cool really interesting i think it's a great perspective for people to listen to um could have gone on could have gone deep in a lot of different subjects with this person. Um, So she just kind of tells us her story and who she is, and I think you'll find it super interesting. So sit back and enjoy meeting my friend Talia.
1: And There's, like, my sister, who's, like, younger than me, and I feel like Snapchat and, like, Instagram are, like, very... Happening for that generation of yeah, people. Yeah,
0: big time. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I'm seeing it, I'm kind of getting it. But <laughs> um, we're recording. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, so this is kind of cool because you and I have been sort of like around each other. Yes. And uh, sometimes physically, but then not even physically, just like in the same world. But
2: yeah, Facebook, really, Facebook yeah, 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 world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: But haven't really got to sit down, so this is kind of.
1: It's been fun, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Gotten in some Facebook fights together or something. Yeah, together. (laughs) I was gonna say
0: we haven't. We've been on the same side. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was. um, I was sort of debating talking about that particular
2: Hmm.
0: one, the bathroom issue. Yeah. Um, Just.
1: Yeah, I was actually having a conversation yesterday with someone who. Um, was talking about the issue of identity politics. Okay, right here. Um, And that was something I was like, can you define that for me? Because I don't actually know what you mean when you say identity politics. And I think that in general, I think that happens a lot on every spectrum, is that we have these words that keep coming out and we don't talk about what they mean. And when we don't, even words that we use regularly, Hmm. even when it's like, um, diversity and we say diversity and what does that mean? Does it mean okay, we have one black person, one Latino person, one gay person, whatever and they're all going to agree on everything or does it mean that all of those voices are actually bringing their unique perspectives and experience and that we're actually using those perspectives and experience and incorporating them into the final thing and so I just think defining defining what we're saying is a really important thing for us to do right now but the issue of you know transgender bathrooms is this like huge scare issue for everyone right now. People are like, oh, like the monsters are mm. using our bathrooms and like I have this-
0: a I have a super interesting story. Really? Yeah. That that kind of like really it um it when I was thinking about talking about this mm. particular issue, yeah. you know, because of the Facebook battle. Um, <clears throat> Something happened the other day, and, it, and then so then it occurred to me, I was like, Oh my god, it's the exact same thing. Mm. So I was at this job site the yeah. other day, <clears throat> and um, the woman who lived there had a TV going in the background, mm. and she wasn't even watching the TV, it was literally just on in the background. Yeah, and she was a very nice woman, she seemed you know perfectly nice. But as I, you know, and at first I just heard the TV on, and then I started noticing. Um, cause then, uh, my, my boss left and I was sort of like there by myself. So I was like, I could start hearing what they were talking about. And it turns out it was this, um, <clears throat> a, like a religious channel. Hmm. Right. So it was, okay. um, and it was, you know, it was one of those, it was one of those like, um, always on the same show just mm. saying the same thing over almost like an infomercial oh. like i looked at the screen and that's what it reminded me of it yeah. had a little number to call at the bottom of the screen it was like yeah very weird <laughs> very weird i very uncomfortable <laughs> um but and and one of the things that they w- talked about the guy who was the, the preacher on mm. on the uh the host the preacher okay. host <laughs> the
1: infomercial host yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: was um was talking about how uh Great that the president-elect is here to bring more God into this yes, country. God bless us yeah, all for yeah.
2: Trump. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, there's that. But then um, the the nature of the show uh, ended and it moved on to the next like sort of subject and what they started talking about. I was I was mind blown. It was unfucking believable. It was crazy, and it made for it was like time warp. As well as just insanity. And the premise was, this person was on the TV just, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this, Like, uh, was just rhetoric delivering Mm. that the Japanese are a sex-crazed culture and they're godless because of that and all the, and they just and they just kept talking about this wow. about how we should like not trust the japanese and we should not and and because they're sex craze and mm. because their culture is so sex driven and there's no god in their culture okay. because of that okay and so first of all that was the weirdest thing yeah. i've ever actually witnessed yeah and second that it really yeah. made me think that this show, like that's a huge problem and it ties into the whole fake, the current fake media like mm-hmm. phenomenon that yeah. we're b- being barraged with right now. And it's, and what it is, is it's different and certain groups choosing to prey on fears mm-hmm. and insecurities of populations. Yeah. So this channel is preying on this sort of yeah. fearful older fearful population and for some reason choosing that they which, need to make them afraid of the Japanese.
1: Which like, is that even a relevant thing right I now? Have- Like, I didn't realize that our country was having a lot of contention with Japan. Like, I don't...
0: Well, that was the time warp sort of like factor yeah. of this thing. I was like, this is in Pearl Harbor. It was, just, <laughs> it was crazy. It was so insane. But so anyway, so I tied it to exactly what we were talking about with the bathroom issues. Yeah. And it's this... It's these fearful yeah. and
1: yeah, well fearful I mean,
0: kind of like, I, I hesitate. I don't want to insult anybody. Yeah. I'm not trying to insult people that are like religious and have their beliefs. I'm really right. not. But there's a certain level. Uh, well, I, I think I, it's
1: a matter of, you know, we have theoretically a democracy, which we like to say that we have, would function by everyone voicing their needs and their concerns and the things that affect them and being told what they are and being told what you need to do about them Mm. is not a democracy and that's when we're exploiting fear when we're saying oh like your job isn't going well like you're not being paid as much as you deserve you are struggling even though you're working really hard you know who's at fault here the Mexicans and the Japanese, which I didn't realize was an issue, and the Chinese people and transgender people somehow yeah. end up in that, you know, mix of things. And I think that it's, uh, you know, we have we have very real power dynamics that exist. You know, people who politically, socially, economically have advantages over other people, but at the same time... Our current system isn't working for almost anyone you know and so there's people who are you know white and male and working employed and cisgender and heterosexual and all these things and they're being told you have privilege and they're like but my life sucks and how can you tell me that I have privilege Mm -hmm. when my life sucks and then people are like Oh well, uh, you know these are the these are the reasons. Here, let's look at history. Here, let's look at all these other things, and it's it's seen as like attacking that, and people feel very uncomfortable because learning is very uncomfortable. And we don't prioritize learning; we prioritize fear. Um, anyway, you I prioritize.
0: Just, I was actually a friend of mine just sent me an email. I need to get my thoughts straight on this, but it was it was touching on what you're saying. It was. Um, People, people prioritize what they want to get out. Right. They don't prioritize learning. just what you said. Right. They don't prioritize learning your, and it's as simple as learning your point of view.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's what I was
0: saying about the bathroom issue. It's like right. they're not stopping to learn your point of view. Right. Or, or someone's point of view. They're right. not stopping to, to, and or critical think on their own. Right. They're just being told. Like, no, you're going to, like, no, you're, you're going to, you're in danger.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> people who, people want to pee. You know, that's going to really put you in danger. It's like, if they're trying to pee on you, then maybe you're going to be in danger, but...
0: I'm not even sure danger is the word, <laughs> necessarily. Just super awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Messy. Yeah, yeah.
1: weird. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I think, I think we're at a point where, you know, I, what I wish for most is that we would actually begin to value our democracy instead of valuing, you know, all of this issue with the news, you know, all of our all of our media corporations, even the ones that we trust, are being run by companies that are sponsoring them. And the news that they are showing has been chosen by those companies as appropriate or not appropriate. And sometimes, you know, if enough people, like with the Dakota Access Pipeline, you know, that wasn't reported on for months and months mm. and months. And then, you know, finally after millions of people started paying attention to it on social media and showing up they were like okay fine I guess we'll report on this even though like you know we're not really we didn't really want to in the first There's place nothing in it for us, right and you know so I think that that's where our voice is being heard but you know on the issue of bathrooms it's it's something that we've politicized this issue of bathrooms and it is a political issue but it's really also an issue of You know, integration. It's like with the, you know, when people were sitting at counters protesting um, uh, segregation, it wasn't really the issue of whether people could sit at that particular lunch counter. Just like it's not really the issue of whether transgender people can use a bathroom. Like, obviously, like they should be able to. But it's an issue of, are we willing to recognize that this gender binary that we've built our lives around that has been a part of our economic system, part of our social system, part of our uh, medical systems, part of everything of of our our,
0: religious systems, yeah,
1: part of our religious systems, really like our, our institutions, part of how we recognize each other, that that's something that's been constructed as well. That's something that came, was largely formed through colonialism that didn't really exist before the Western world started exploring uh, the rest of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> just looking around. Yeah, just looking around. just looking around and committing genocide, you know, no big deal. And, you know, that was actually directly formed to take away spiritual uh, practices and other cultures that did use, you know, gender was not this, you are a man and you are masculine and you provide and you have your hair this way and you have your body this way and your body has these values and you are a woman and, you know, all of these things that had fluidity that had more than two genders that had some gender you know some people of this gender whatever like
0: and everyone had value and And everyone had value it it wasn't an equal or lesser it was just a value right and I mean not that
1: there wasn't conflict at that point as well of course Mm -hmm. there was but you know this issue of the gender binary I think is really what we're confronting which is the same thing that you you know it's not the same thing but it's a similar thing that we were confronting during times of you know and you know desegregation which we still have segregation but you know do we see people as equals do we understand that these systems that we've set up of black or white or man or woman or whatever they're real because they've been you know historicized to be real the way that they are they act in society has real implications mm-hmm. but that they were created and they were created for a reason they were created to uphold certain structures and so i think the issue with the bathrooms you know I don't, I, I would like to think that not that many people actually care who is peeing next to them. I think that some people really genuinely are afraid of it because of their, like, rhetoric. But I think that it does totally challenge people of, like, but well, I, like, shit, like, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman. Like, what do you, do, do, I, do I have to check, question my gender now? And, you know, like, mm-hmm. all of these things that are sort of breaking down where... We're recognizing where we do individually and collectively have to grow, like we do individually and collectively have to question our gender system, just like we did when there was segregation. We had to question our race. We had to recognize we are white people and we're allowed to be in these spaces because we're white people and black people are not allowed to be in these spaces because they're black people. Now we're saying we are cisgender people and we're allowed to be in these, you know, and so... That sucks to have to, like, evaluate yourself. Like, it hurts. It hurts even as someone who's, like, deeply committed to doing that. Whenever I'm, like, doing that, which is pretty much constantly, I'm, like, Mm. this is, it's unlearning something. You're giving Mm. something about yourself up and you're accepting something new, which, like, is hard to do. Mm. You know, it's not, like, an easy task, but it's a necessary task to, like, being alive, you know? (laughs)
2: Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, rant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> R- rant.
1: <laughs> I can rant about a lot of things.
0: <laughs> rant away. Um. <clears throat> all right. Well, let's let's take a rant breath. Aside. Let's back up a little. Now, um, Whew. let's let's just back up in the sense of uh, who the heck you are? Okay. Who is this chick that just ranted her brains yeah, out? Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: Uh, My name is Talia. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Um, yes, I was told that, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was awesome that your mom and, uh, Leah talked about it, you know, cause it, 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 uh, you just, you weren't in my consciousness enough to think that this was such a, you know, to, to occur to me is yeah. what I mean. Yeah.
1: Well, I appreciate that. So I yeah. feel very lucky. Yeah. yeah I thought it was, I, I thought it was
0: cool. And as soon as I did, I was like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I totally should. And, um, and your mom gave me a list of, um, uh, approved topics that we can talk about and things we can't talk about.
1: Really? Did she? She kind of mentioned that to me. She was like, "If you don't want to talk about something, you can say so." I was like, I know. Thank you.
0: Oh, that's hilarious! That's so funny that I said that. She said that to you. I was, I was so also going to say, like, I think she's over there at that table, like with oh, yeah. the, like the the woman behind the newspaper. Oh
1: yeah, you know that. <laughs> She's she's great. She looks out for me. So
0: yeah. she is great. <laughs> I'm very lucky to yeah. have that. Yeah yeah, 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 No, she is great. So I was told that, uh, um, yeah, you're you know, or it's become apparent that you're just a super smart, super kind, compassionate Thank you. person.
1: Yeah, who likes to rant about things yeah, from yeah. time to time oh, when given the though. opportunity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's what we need is someone who is kind, compassionate, that has passion. It has some fire. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, no, let's let's hear about it. What was it like growing up being Talia?
1: Um well, yeah. Well, as we talked about earlier, you know, um, I my parents divorced when I was two. So and they both remarried when I was five or six. Um, so I had two pa- two sets of parents. Um, you know, different you know, as different as two families that live 25 minutes away from each other and are both within similar circles can be, you know, one family was very, uh, I guess, more, um, goal order driven, at least in my upbringing. You know, my mom is very, uh, on the on on the ball about everything. <laughs> um mm-hmm. and uh my father, you know, is incredibly kind and, you know, a much more always sort of gave me that balance of you, you know, do what you want to do and, you know, I would come home from school with my report cards and he would be like, "You're so boring." Like all A's. <laughs> and he's like, you know, just don't do your homework tonight,
0: you know. And so your dad's a vegan, right?
1: He is, yeah. And so is my stepmother. Oh, right um, so, yeah, I sort of I, I, sort of got that from them. I guess my stepmother, um, you know, is a vegan before she met my father. And my father actually grew up on a farm, you know, the whole, the whole farm thing. Mm. So, uh, actually, he and both of his sisters are now vegetarian, vegan. Oh, or, cool. I, actually, I think one of my aunts isn't a vegetarian, but she was for a while. Um, but... You know that changes you, I guess. Being on the farm, yeah. seeing it all done yourself.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So I mean, I I think that I have had incredibly supportive parents who are, you know, have always been there for me and you know supported me and you know, I guess being a being a passionate person, you know, coming into my own. I used to be like super shy as a kid, like up until the age of. I don't know 10 or 11 I like barely spoke to anyone at all except for my family except Uh, for my parents like people when I was in sixth grade a boy who I went to school with since kindergarten or first grade thought that I was mute like on the bus like I said something and he was like oh I thought you were mute and I was like nope if I was mute I'd probably have like you know someone who was translating for me or like you know there would be accommodations (laughs) being made so like
0: pay attention yeah
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah so you know and then like when I was studying abroad someone was like oh you're so outgoing and I was like wow Mm -hmm. no one has ever said that to me before in my life but you know I think that you know since going to college and I guess after junior year of high school I sort of came into my own or whatever it is started talking a lot more and Mm -hmm not shut up talking. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much um you know and I was always pretty involved with stuff I did really for Life a lot in high school and I like started my own uh jewelry making i made jewelry and then I taught jewelry making classes at Girls Inc and um New Generations which was a shelter for homeless pregnant women I did that in like seventh or eighth grade I oh, think wow. um because I was involved in 4-H, so mm-hmm. that was, like, a major part of my my childhood from, like, 6 to 10 or 11 that I did with my two best friends, and we were in sewing club, and we did the whole, like, filling out pages of stuff for the reviews, and we yeah. went in, and, you know, all of our hems were judged and all of that, oh, so wow. I really learned to work hard through that, yeah, um, yeah. you know... <laughs> I think that there's, there's, there's goods and bads about it. You know, I guess the good thing is that I realized that I could work hard and I realized that I could be confident about my work. And I realized, you know, just sort of how to buckle down and do things, but also how to be creative and whatever. But, you know, I think also like we were kids and, you know, maybe like there's an element of like kids should do whatever they want, but, you know, childhood is different in every place and every time in the world. So. I think that it shaped me, and I got to go out on the stage and do my, like, little fancy fashion show walk. Before so. talking. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was, I actually, I think that was probably, like, one of the moments that I was, like, confident. You know, like, I was very nervous always, but I always, like, we learned our little walk. You do, like, one step, two step, and then you, like, do a little turn thing. And, <laughs> yeah, I still do that turn all the time. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> so i'd like to
0: thank (laughs) yeah i'd like to thank
1: my 4-h whatever
0: um do you perform now at all oh my god no no
1: No. i on like i can do one-on-one and be really talkative but like last year i was uh one of the head coordinators of our lgbtq program at my school and i was the event coordinator so i like was doing all these Mm -hmm. events and i would sort of like talk beforehand even now, like even when I was like super comfortable with everyone there, like knew everyone, like no knew what I was gonna say. Everything I like, either actually cried or start sounded like I was going to cry and just turned like bright red and yeah. was just like s- like anytime it's really like a group over five, I just am like uh, totally back to like five year old Talia and just yeah. like really <laughs> weird about it. So I avoid that. <laughs> um, but actually, when I was at the Lesbian Her Story Archives um, in New York, which I've been doing the past two three months or something um there was a, a michelle cliff memorial and i elected to read one of her works um because they wanted people to read and i went first and i was like a normal person almost so go me i like read it and i didn't cry and i didn't really blush so go yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's a credit to me or the archives or what but michelle cliff Who oh, I yeah <laughs> You did it. I did it, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little about me, I guess. I used to be a horse girl. Um,
0: Isn't 4-H horse oriented? Isn't that are, kind of a part of it?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. a super country kid thing to do. Yeah. Um, I was briefly in horse club, 4-H horse club. Um, but everyone was like kind of too intense and like it was a lot of like show things and it was just sort of like a world that I wasn't really a part of everyone else in it like was a part of the same barn and like was friends with each other and like I was still like shy and weird and so I was just like I know what a fetlock is but I don't feel part of this I don't know Um,
0: know what that is
1: I think that it's like this part here like the bangs of the horse (laughs) but it also could be like the the little part near their ankles. I'm not sure anymore. Horse people
0: right now are like, oh my god. Yeah,
1: I know, I know. I'm a <laughs> disgrace to the 4H horse club. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but I, I again, I did sewing. The sewing club aspect, which was much more cosmopolitan than the horse club.
0: Where you go? Yeah, right. <laughs> fashion. Yeah. <It> was fashion.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I made some great things like uh, brown corduroy jeans, Ooh. which uh, and with like a brown boat neck top because I thought the monochromatic look really worked on my twelve year old body.
0: You're onto something. <laughs> I don't know
1: about that. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and this was all you at Oyster River, right?
1: Yeah, I was at Oyster River. Yeah, yeah uh, last way, Oyster River Middle School, Oyster River High nice. School. You know.
0: My kids too.
1: Yeah. The whole thing Mastway. Yeah,
0: yeah I I'm love good.
1: Mastway yeah. yeah I'm very grateful to my you know school system I think I learned a lot there I, there's all, obviously like a lot of things that I missed out on but there's also a lot of things that I really learned so I'm happy about that mm-hmm. grateful for everything
0: <laughs> um, I don't know why but right now I, I want to talk about this subject okay and it is. I've been listening to a podcast, um, Michael Gervais, sure. called uh, uh, "Finding Mastery." Hmm. It's It's really interesting podcast. You might like it. Okay. Um, and the, the the premise is that he is that he interviews um, uh, he he interviews pe- like people that are pretty great, basically. Yeah. You know, like like That's all cool. like crazy, crazy high, high level, like uh, Drew Bledsoe, like. Um, former uh, Patriots quarterback. Okay. And uh, just like every, like top level anything, sports, okay. business, entertainment, like well, people that are just like literally at the top of yeah. of any game. Okay. And they just, and his, and his premise is he's kind of a, a sports performance. Um, he does branch out of sports, but mm-hmm. he has a big background in that. Um, performance psychologist. Hmm. And, um, and so he, when he does these podcasts with these people, they, he really kind of comes at it. It's almost like a session, you know, he really asks them and almost unanimously, everyone's like, no one has ever asked me these questions, you wow. know, like really.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so are you going to re- throw some at me now? Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, no, nah, cause yeah. I can take I, it. <laughs> no, no, you totally could, but I'm not as, I, I don't have his chops to yeah. say the least. This guy is like on friggin' point. Um, uh, but he's doing it, you know, he's, he's, he's investigating mastery. Okay. You know, he's investigating. Yeah. So the, the idea is if, if, if we can all hear what makes you a master mm. then we can all kind of mm. put another little tool in our toolbox to become a mm. master. Right. That's cool. Kind of the premise of this in a way. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but what's been interesting and, and you're going to be like, this is a weird topic that you want to talk to me about, <laughs> but, um. What I've been noticing is he'll, he'll ask people questions and they'll talk, and, and part of it will be like, you know, so what have some of your influences been mm. and everything? And these people, again, I've probably listened to 20 of them, mm. and I bet 19 have talked about their parents. Mm. They've talked about like their upbringing and their, mm. and their parenting and their upbringing, and they all talk about their dad.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. I find it really interesting. Yeah. And they, they all talk about like, and it's just, and it's not like this revelation. Yeah. They don't go, oh yeah, hey, it was my dad. Mm. They they just start talking about their dad. Mm. And they, well, my dad, what he used to say, what he used to do, and the way he used to blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I was walking in the woods the other day and I was like listening to another one and I was like, this is just unbelievable. It mm. was this person and I was like, this is crazy. Mm. It's another person just, talking like, can't stop dad. talking about what an influence their dad was.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: It is interesting. Yeah. I, I could definitely, you know, speculate on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, go for it.
1: Well, you know, I think just, um, you know, I've been living with my grandparents while I was in New York, um, and they're both just turned 90 and almost 91. Oh, that's
0: so awesome. Um, Yeah. Both of them and like married forever. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah,
1: it's been great. But, you know, I think that there's, you know, I was a women's and gender studies major in college and I think that there's, um, you know, an element of women's voices and experiences and actions being seen as sort of intrinsic and men's actions and voices and experiences being seen as like deliberately chosen. And I've noticed that sort of with them of, you know, my grandfather's like, oh, yeah, like dinner will be ready. And who's, who's making dinner? Where is the dinner coming mm. from? The dinner will be ready. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, you know, she chose to do that. She chose how she was going to do that. And she decided when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen, all of these things. But to him, dinner will be ready, whereas he will spend hours, if I let him, explaining to me every single decision that he made <laughs> on the project that he was working on, which, you know, is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I, I enjoy that, you yeah, know, yeah. but, you know, that sort of thing of and my grandmother, you know, equally sort of disvalues herself in that way. You know, I I would do th- my my own dishes when I made my own food. And she was like, oh, you're such an angel. I can't believe you did that. And mm. wow, you're so perfect. I keep telling all my friends and I'm like, grandma you would be doing this. Like, you know, you recognize me making that decision because like, you know, whatever, but you don't see yourself making those decisions mm. and taking that time to do that. And so I think that I'm not trying to disvalue parents, fathers, oh, at all. No, I I fathers. I think fathers are know. amazing, know. you know, but I think that there is an element of, you know, especially back in the day, you know, whenever, you know, I'm sure that the people who are on the podcast, their parents, you know, might be older or whatever the mothers are their their wisdoms and actions and decisions are maybe not as seen as like these revelation you know bits of wisdom that are really as valuable um whereas you know when the father says something it's like oh you got to listen up because he thought about this a lot mm-hmm. and, you know and mm-hmm. so i think that's definitely an element but i you know there's a lot of things going on there
0: um uh, it's funny what you the the way you brought it up was um uh, exact. Kind of exactly, kind of exactly. <laughs> Interesting path.
1: Approximately the same.
0: <laughs> Perfectly, approximately. Yeah. Um, uh, what I was saying earlier uh, today, yeah. I was talking about my friend James and, and I was saying I was speculating um, that part of it. Um, I want to say too. A lot of these people, I, I've been kind of trying to pay attention to it too. A lot of the people, the parents are still together too, mm. which is kind of interesting. Interesting, but not. But I can't say for sure. Yeah. But um, I, I was sort of speculating that that I wonder if, and this really does tie into what you're saying. Yeah. But I wonder if there's something um, in um, uh, intuitively or. Uh, Intrinsically involved in this in this rearing process, mm. where the the woman you know incubates, yeah, right, and then has, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then nurtures in a way, yeah, right, and then the dad didn't, yeah, and um, nurtures in his own way, right, um, and I think that um, I want to say kind of I kind of want to say yeah typically that a woman a mom nurtures in, in a little more protective way than a mm-hmm. dad does hmm. um, and, and a little more um, you know uh, even even to the dad yeah you know what I mean even that there's a little bit of when it comes time to protecting the kid mm-hmm. the mom knows best mm-hmm. and the mom kind of you yeah. know pr- protects hovers mm-hmm. protects right mm-hmm. And I don't mean any of that in a negative way. I'm just, and, um, so, but what I was speculating is that, and that is just like biology in a sense that the, 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 the child and the mother were literally physically connected. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that was like, you have to. Right. Yeah. Right. Where the dad, in a way, are not connected. You don't have to. So there's something about the dad's making a choice. Mm where the mom isn't making a choice kind, kind of mm. do you know what I'm
2: yeah what I'm saying? I know I know what you And getting. so when
0: the dad like is involved and yeah. is there and is present and yeah. is engaged right and um and um and I, I you know I'm certainly not saying that's all of it but there would something about that thought press process was something I wonder if that has to do with there's something intuitively where the kid is kind of connecting to that. Well, this mm. guy is really choosing to do this. Mm. And this guy is, you know, um, didn't have to in the same way that mom did. Even right. though mom doesn't
2: right. have to. Yeah, Mom can
0: walk away.
1: Well, I was also thinking about while well, you were saying that is that, you know, traditionally, especially, you know, mothers were sort of always around and sort of the mm. assumed norm. And then fathers, you know, would be at work. And then when they mm. came home, it was almost like, your mom is your home and your dad is like where you go on vacation. Mm-hmm. And so like when you go on vacation that's everything's like way more exciting than where you are at home. Even if you live in like Hawaii on a volcano, <laughs> like when you go on vacation it's yeah. like way more exciting, you know? And so like mom sort of being yeah. that like constant sort of gives what the father is saying like a lot more interest when they like actually do come home, you know? Which isn't, you know, all of these things are sort of, like, very traditional, like, this is sort of the traditional family structure, but, you know, I think that they're also, what you were saying about, you know, the mother not having a choice, you know, that's something that we've also, like, set up Mm. for mothers to not have a choice, you know, is, like, In other cultures there's been everyone is raising the child all together and the mothers could choose to go, you know, off to war or, you know, hunting or, you know, whatever it was. Well
0: what would be interesting about that is in those in other cultures, if this guy Michael Shrevet could go interview those kids, I wonder
2: what, I, how, I wonder
0: what they would say. I wonder yeah. if they said like, "Who are your major influences?" and and you know, what do you what do you attribute to your greatness? Mm. What do you attribute to this? I wonder if Dad would keep coming up or would yeah. Mom come up more?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah,
0: it is interesting. Yeah, There's just something I w- I've just really been like? Yeah, I about. wonder why that
1: keeps yeah coming up.
0: Because also like what what you and I are like we're on the same page about this like yeah. you know um and so I'm regardless of like what our um. Uh, theories yeah. are. Um, it's it's still powerful.
1: Right. Yeah. It's still totally. really
0: like totally. prevalent in totally. again these people that are like at really high levels, like totally. as high level as it gets, are just going like, Yeah, my dad used to and I mean B- Drew Bledsoe was like NFL mm. like, you know, record holder. Wow. And he's and he was in the NFL practicing the things that his dad gave him when he was like Aww. nine. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, it's adorable, <laughs> but it was, but it's really, it's just like holy shit, mm. this guy, mm. you know, these, it's really interesting. And yeah. obviously, like for me, like as a dad, oh. it's just been, I, I just sort of sit there and go, I wonder, and that's kind of cool. So what I'm trying to like think, what are my kids, what nuggets are they going to pull out of just, yeah. and and again, and, and probably it's just been normal, you know, the dad isn't going like here, you know, I'm going to drop this nugget yeah. <laughs> and they're going to hold on to this forever. It's just yeah. like doing their thing. Yeah. And so I'm just doing my thing with my kids. Are they going to look back and be like, kind of a fucking <laughs> lunatic. I'm surprised, surprised I can brush my teeth.
1: No, <laughs> I mean, of course there's elements of that with everyone, I guess, but mm. I mean, it teaches you to be mindful of your yeah. influence about on other people. Not that you can be like paranoid about it at all yeah. times, because you could definitely go in that direction of like, oh my god, yeah, right. I yeah, can't yeah. say yeah. this to my right, kid right, right. because you yeah. know, and and everything
0: has to be gold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But
1: you know, just being mindful of like, okay, we do
2: impact each other yeah. in a
0: serious way. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> do you? I mean, and like, does that ring any bells with you? Like, do you do you think about things like because you're, you're like. You are doing good things. We're going to talk about more. And then, like, I'm sure you're on a path for, for doing really good, you know, great things. Thanks. And um, yeah. do you do you look back and think, because your mom is also, like, a really powerful woman. Yeah. Like she's oh, yeah. A very present, very engaged, yeah. very powerful, yeah. and awesome. Like, she's a really good thinker.
1: Yeah, exactly. You I know, mean, so. I think both of my parents, for me, you know, like I was saying, you know, I had sort of two, you know, definitely two different sort of influences. But I think... You know, something that always influenced me was growing up, both of my parents were very involved in communities, so my dad is very involved in the Portsmouth community, he's on the board of directors for the music hall, oh, and cool. he's, you know, very active in that, and, you know, giving donations to different things, and, you know, just being very present. He, like, I walk, go into Portsmouth with him, and he knows, like, he's like, oh yeah, that's like Jay, whatever, and I played soccer with him when I was 18, and you know, whatever. And he like just knows everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my mom growing up, she was part of the food co-op and she worked at the library. And, you know, she, she still has uh, a garden with our neighbor that they work on together. And I think that I learned from both of my parents, um, I guess, particularly my mom about friendship. Um, but, you know, the importance of having a community and the importance of friendship. And I think that that is something that has really influenced me. And I think that I've, you know, taken that in my own way and grown from that because, you know, I'm my own person. But, um, you know, I think that that's something that I definitely think not everyone gets to have that sort of, like, emphasis on friendship and community. And I think that has totally shaped my my values. Um, And being committed not just to your family, not just to your significant other, but being committed to... The people that you share space with, the people that you interact with, the people you know share the planet with, or whatever.
0: I was but say, and that's you just, know, that it, just yeah, it, it just keeps expanding. And yeah. going
1: back to 4 H, I've been talking about this lately. The 4 H pledge is something along the lines of I pledge my head to cl- clearer thinking, my heart to greater purpose, my hands to greater service. And something else to better giving to my friends, my community, my country, and my world, or something. Mm-hmm. It's not that, but it's along the lines yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I mean. Yeah, it's like, funny. It's
0: like the way you were raised. Yeah. And yeah. I think,
1: you know, of all the pledges to have kids say, which, like, I don't really think is the best thing to do for kids anyway, especially to be pledging their commitment to something, yeah. but to be pledging their commitment to giving and working for not just themselves, but their community and their it's world. Huge. I think that's amazing, you know? So, you know, I think that's definitely been a part of it for me. And, you know, the more I learn, uh, which, you know, I've been given these tremendous opportunities to learn, the more I realize that I have to learn. And I think to me, being a part of a community is about constantly learning what the needs are of that community, what the people are like in that community. And a lot of times that's, really challenging yourself and being like not everyone's like me not everyone's had my experiences and i've got to think about some other stuff that i maybe isn't really that convenient for me to think about but if i want to survive in this you know i got to or and, and more I'm than, choosing to and,
0: <laughs> and more than survive if i want to survive and be like a positive right uh, part
1: exactly yeah. exactly so yeah. Yeah, that commitment, being being able to see, you know, that there's it's possible to have a commitment beyond just your nuclear family, to me, like, I mean, I wrote my thesis paper on, like, family and uh, sort of expanding our definition of family and thinking about other types of families and how our nuclear family is created economically in particular, but um, anyway, yeah, that I, I would say that's how my parents have influenced me in a really major way, and I mean, I guess just you know, they raised me to be kind and, yeah, you know, yeah. like they're both kind
0: people. So, yeah. you know, but it really, actually, the more I because I, I mean, I'm i getting to know your mom. Yeah. And I need to know your dad. Yeah. As, as an aside. Yeah. Like, he and I, I think.
1: I think you would. You would I, he's he's a very I think that I, you know, he's very likable and, you know, I think that I get a lot of like laid more laid mm-hmm. back aspects from him he's he's very hard working as well but you know I think I've gotten a good balance from both of them and yeah
0: yeah, yeah it's yeah that that's what I was going to say is it's it's you, you from what I'm gathering from what little I know <laughs> um, you actually seem like a really like uh, per- perfectly executed product <laughs> of your parents
1: <laughs> thank you how's that for warm and, how's that for
0: warm and fuzzy <laughs>
1: Thank you. Perfectly
0: executed product I, of your parents.
1: Yeah. As someone <laughs> like who... like a t-shirt that says yeah, that. I often fall into like utilitarian sort of mindsets, which <laughs> I don't really like about myself, but so I appreciate that comment. <laughs> Very well executed.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, really, it's like they're both, you know, from what I'm learning about your dad, what I know about your mom. Yeah. Um, it really does seem like, you know,
1: yeah, I hope so. You know, uh, I try my best.
0: <laughs> is your sister on the same?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, my sister, I'm like kind of
0: getting to know her and yeah, she's, you know, she's,
1: she's great. Definitely a cool kid. She is. Definitely yeah. Cool. My sister, um, she's not my father's daughter. She's oh, okay. my stepfather's daughter. Um, so we sort of have a different experience in that way. You know, yeah. I've gone back and forth and she's been in my mom's house with my stepfather, my mom and me half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's you know, she's her own person. I think that she and my mom are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, you know, she's a teenager and
2: yeah.
1: whatever but she's a good kid though. She is a really, good, a really kid, good kid and she is has found her passion, I think, which mm-hmm. took her I mean, I don't know if it really took her a while, she's sixteen, but she's she's loving crew and the team yeah. and everything like that, so yeah. I'm I'm really proud of her for
0: that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like I for me, one of the markers is, um, you know, I'll go over there. I'll go over to uh, Steve and Cindy's. Yeah. And uh, your, you know, your mom and Liz and <laughs> Dave are there. Group, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The usual suspects. <laughs> We're all there, and um, and your sister's just sitting in. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? yeah. she just sits there. She is so she,
1: observative. Too. Yeah. She, she just like. Yeah. Knows everything. Yeah. And
0: that, that's a good because she'll sit there and she'll. She'll just be seemingly going about her business mm-hmm. and then she'll come in mm-hmm. right on cue yeah. and like bring value and bring something and, and her comfort level in that environment. Like she's the only kid there. Yeah. She's the only kid sitting there with like six adults and yeah. you know, not that, yeah. you know, we're so yeah. far from the intimidating you know, <laughs> dry adults, but, yeah, um, but she's, yeah, she's a good kid. Yeah, yeah,
1: she really is. And I'm also really happy because she's taking women's lit this semester. And so, oh, sweet. We've been able to talk about you know different things together, and I'm like getting you, getting you young. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. starting to thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good.
1: yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy about yeah. that. Yeah, she's great.
0: Well, let's talk about. Um, that's a good segue into uh, you know um, a good subject to talk about with you. I, w- I, I don't mean to say why you're here, but like <laughs> um, a good subject um is um, you know just uh, being lesbian growing up in New Hampshire I mean there's a, obviously that subject is not um, yeah uh, New Hampshire small town specific but you yeah know, just um, uh, everything associated with that because you've gone and you've've you've studied abroad and you're you're doing things in that kind of world is to, to, to support the 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 fight if you will yeah right
1: yeah totally I mean I think that um you know growing up uh I had a a very close friend uh from fifth grade on who came out as gay in sixth grade and you know I was like totally one of those people was like yeah you know like support gay marriage and I was like Hmm? you know had no idea really about anything about myself I was always sort of like Oh, you know, like fall in love with the person, not the gender, whatever, you know, like just standard Stand. I guess now it's standard sort of like liberal ideas and both of my actually both of my dad's sisters are lesbians. Oh, cool. And also my dad's uncle is gay. Oh cool. So it was like um,
0: all in your world. Oh yeah. Right? So
1: I was just sort of like you know, it wasn't really a big deal to me I guess. Um But I think there is always that moment, you know, I I went to college and I sort of had some idea about like liking girls in high school and especially towards the end of the high school. I was actually dating a guy who's now one of my really good friends who sort of like opened my eyes to that. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I can actually like be interested in girls like what? Mm -hmm. I had no idea that that was like, you know, something that. I could, I don't know, you know, I guess everyone, but especially women are not really encouraged to think about sexuality or, you know, interest besides like, you know, finding your princess, your Prince Charming, I mean, and, you know, like that whole like stupid romance narrative. Um, so yeah, anyway, so that I sort of began to come into that. And then going into college, I, I, you know sort of slowly came out and was sort of like realizing you know what circles I felt comfortable in and I started off as an environmental science major and then I like after like leaving every class crying because I was just like so frustrated with the rhetoric that I was hearing
0: um (laughs) rhetoric and I'm sorry to not sidetrack but rhetoric in that um not non-truths or too much truth too frustrating um Curious. I was
1: I was really frustrated because there was a lot of emphasis on like we have to save this plant and which is great. Mm. I'm told uh, I love yeah, plants. Yeah, yeah. And not like oh like let's look at how these global economic structures are affecting people, that they have to work in these horrible factory settings, that they have to live in these neighborhoods where their water is polluted, where their air is polluted like not really addressing anything besides like conservation mm-hmm. and in that way it almost felt like conservative you know like mm-hmm. it is it is conservative in that it's like we have to preserve these things which totally i'm totally like all for that and i'm never going to like lose my environmental you know passion that's something that i got especially from being raised around here and my parents and all of that um but yeah so i just i became very frustrated i felt like there wasn't really any critical look at economics, or at race, or gender, or class, or, you know, any of these things, politics, things that were really shaping this world to be environmentally destructive. Right, right. Um, so anyway, then I became a women's and gender studies major, and I guess it all sort of, you know, spiraled from there. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I um, started dating my girlfriend, uh, my the end of my sophomore year um, and I officially came out to everyone in my family I came out to my mom I was like tell this story because you know everyone's supposed to have this grand coming out story and I called her and I was like mom I have to tell you something and she was like what and I was like I think I told her that I was bi or that I like girls or something and she was like oh well I'm just glad you're not pregnant <laughs> I was like okay thanks mom <laughs> 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 um, so you know my parents you know were great and everything very uh, accepting of me and my girlfriend and everything so yeah then I studied abroad in Denmark and I took the class LGBTQ in Europe and we went all kinds of places and then my girlfriend and I went to India together um,
0: why did did you end up in India
1: I had wanted to go to India and she had wanted to go to India before we started dating Mm -hmm. and again um, you know we both were vegetarians we were like vegetarian place and we'd also both had a friend who went to our school who was a women's and gender studies major who had studied there and Mm. they really loved their experience there so Mm. um you know so when
0: you went to India you went to a school yes uh, yeah we
1: were studying abroad um and that was actually kind of interesting there was another uh lesbian or queer woman couple there who, who sort of started dating while we were there and we were sort of like both at the end of the hallway um of like the dorm um and everyone was like oh you know to me and my girlfriend they were like oh you guys are such good friends you're best friends you're always (laughs) together and you're like so close yes we are but it's actually I mean it was really great in India because there is this culture of uh socialization um where people of the same gender hold hands together Mm. and hug each other and you know like we don't really have that in the U.S. it's like two dudes holding hands like you know like uh intimacy between people ah um so but you know there it was like totally accepted so actually like we were honestly like people were always saying all this horrible stuff to us about india but being white women in india we were given so much protection Mm. and nothing was gonna happen to us like our white privilege our american privilege were just like Beacons, like everywhere we went, and so, like we were we were more than fine,, um, uh, so definitely like safer even than we were in our college town in Carlisle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's my my story, and then senior year, I worked for the Office of LGBTQ services at Dickinson I was the events coordinator um, and Yeah, I worked, uh, also for the LGBTQ history project, um, for the LGBTQ center of central Pennsylvania. And I was doing all this really cool work with the archives where I was going through newsletters and, um, you know, looking for historic sites that were going to be marked on the national, like historic sites thing. Like they were going to become just like we have, like where, whatever John Kennedy was born or whatever, like It was going to be a national historic site where, like, all these different LGBTQ things were happening. And Hmm. so I was looking through all these documents to try to find that. um,
0: Where were the documents coming from?
1: um, They had been donated. um, Hmm. So they were at the Dickinson Archives. But, you know, people just, like, when people were older, they they had died or whatever... They just, you know, had boxes of stuff, whether it was pamphlets or T-shirts or buttons or newsletters or letters or uh, whatever it was. And then there was also oral history interviews that were being conducted that I was also a part of. Um, And so, you know, I found like a lesbian diner from the 1950s in central Pennsylvania, which is like, you know, Amish country. Like that's sort of like what it can be designated um, so, you know, that was kind of, you know, it's just, it's amazing, I guess, you know. we Did hear, you go to that? No, it's not there anymore. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: well, that's too bad.
1: But, you know, we hear like, okay, you know, the history narrative is like this man went to war and these countries went to war and this man was president and blah, blah, blah. And life, you know, we don't really know anything else about that life, um, you know, in like the textbooks or whatever. But, you know, they're... Learning, working in archives, you get to see actually what made up everyday life, like the actual stories of living. Whether it was, you know, just people communicating with each other and living together, and uh, you know, there's, we like to say that like being queer or lesbian or gay or trans or whatever is like this new phenomenon, but the resistance that people had in the community and the solidarity that people had with each other. Throughout all of history is really amazing. So, um, yeah. Then I worked. I got recommended to apply to the Lesbian Herstory Archives, and I was an intern there. And I'm I'm I only left like four or five days ago, and I'm already like heartsick, missing it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I. It, it's such a beautiful space of uh, true democracy, like I was talking about earlier. You know, actually listening to each other and you know there are differences. There's people who are there in their seventies and their fifties and their forties and their twenties in their teens and, you know, different class backgrounds, racial, you know, everything. Gender, backgrounds, everything. And, you know, like actually being like, Hello, I see you as a person. I see that you have a perspective and we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna share our perspectives and we're gonna work through it and I don't know. I found that amazing. Oh so. yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my queer history. <laughs>
0: you say queer history?
1: Yeah. <laughs> or her story, as the uh, as yeah. the archives would say.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Though. Um, do you have any good stories from that? What are some of those like? The archives? archives? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I got really annoyed. I was listening to these tapes of these. Um, Two women who, one lived, like, in Arkansas, and the other one lived in various places across the U.S., and instead of writing letters to each other, they wrote tapes to each other, or they they, they recorded tapes to each other, which was really cute, hmm. in theory, and they would send, like, <laughs> eight or nine or ten tapes at a time. What year was this? Um, like, early 80s. Okay. Um. And it's just, like, it's just not fun to listen to other people's relationship problems for, like, six hours at a time. <laughs> and I just, I didn't enjoy that very much. But, um, you know, since then I've been listening, after that was over, I was, like, I'm not doing this. I, like, they had boxes and boxes and boxes of all these 30 tapes of their tapes to each other.
2: Jeez.
1: Um, so I was, like, okay, someone else can deal with this. Um, <laughs> who loves drama, uh, really dry, boring <laughs> drama. Um, so I was listening to WBAI radio shows. Do you know WBAI? No. I'm pretty sure they're out of New York. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure if Democracy Now! is associated with them. I, For some reason, I, I associate those um, in my mind. Do uh, you know Democracy Now? I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, One of my other favorite podcasts. Oh, yeah,
0: that's a good... Um, We listen to it at work. Yeah. On the radio. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, But, you know, they did... There was all of these women's radio shows in, like... I think it was, like, 70s... Late 70s, early 80s. um, And just, like, fantastic music. Like, every time I listen to it, I'm like... Ready to get up and dance one of my favorites now is leaping lesbians which I highly recommend you google um, <laughs>
0: is there a video or just audio
1: um the, there's audio and then there's like a slideshow of um, different like lesbian music albums and stuff um, I wish there was a video but mm-hmm. I mean it's this it's a type of music you know you want to you want to get up and dance to if you're if you're me or I mean I think if you're anyone it's pretty rocking. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have any, like, great stories. I mean, it's just, I think the archives was such a beautiful space for me because it was such a community space. Like we were talking about, you know, there would be meetings and there was the coordinators meeting. And then every Thursday, um, there was what was called the Les Create Dyke Arts Night. And so we would come together and we would have an artifact from the archives. Sometimes it was an uh, audio tape. Sometimes. Les
0: Creates, a good, yeah. that's a good name.
1: Yeah, isn't it really good? Yeah. Um,
0: just that, just Les create. Les
1: create, yeah, totally. Um, or a photograph or writing or whatever it was. And, you know, we would all talk about it and then we would write or whatever and share it. And I actually shared some of my writing there for the, oh, cool. like, which I never really do. Um, so now we
0: know you write.
1: You know, I used to write when I was like young, um, and I haven't written for a long time. But um, actually, a friend of mine who sort of, we sort of re- like, we went to Hebrew school together when we were four, and then we like were in the same circles all throughout our education. And then like a year ago, we started being like actual friends. Um, we started writing letters to each other Um, and so that has sort of like re-inspired me to start writing Um, and it's been so like I think we're both really loving that experience Um, but so yeah I've been writing and at the Les Create I've been uh, writing some more Um, and so that was just really affirming but you know you show up to the meetings and everyone's just sort of like casually brought some food like there's just hap you know there's just this food on the table that someone was like oh you know i had this sitting in my house and i thought i'd bring it or oh i thought you guys would like this i remember you liked it last you know like and the table is covered with food and i love food so i just think it's such like an act of caring for yeah. the community that yeah. everyone's just like there's no you know okay, who's going to bring the salsa? Who's going to bring the chips? Who's going to bring the apple slices? You know, it's, it's just organic. like... Yeah, just because everyone cares about each other and wants each other to be fed and happy. So, yeah. Ah, <sighs> what a beautiful space. <laughs> nice.
0: So that was four days ago, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I had a very... um emotional leaving I left this like really long note in the guest book that now like everybody's reading and like texting me about and I'm like ugh, what an emotional wreck I am um but yeah and we like all went out for drinks and yeah it, it was I've I've never had an experience where I just felt like this space is beautiful so and, then why did you leave um I can't afford living in New York Mm. and I I mean I was with my grandparents I was living with my grandparents which was great Mm. um but I also want to be around my friends and I want to be closer to my family um and I wasn't nobody gets paid at the archives uh even the coordinators who who founded it um
0: so you also worked
1: no, I was just living with my grandparents, uh, and I was just, like, there every day and then living with my grandparents. And so, you know, I was just losing money.
0: Um, yeah, they were feeding you mostly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they chipped in for for food sometimes or for gas. Oh, that's a pretty or, you know,
0: cool whatever. experience, but, uh-huh. Yeah. How long was that for?
1: Um, it was going to be, like, a month, and uh. I, it was – I think I got there – midway through October or something like that I don't remember anymore and I just left so yeah I don't know feels like it went by really fast and also feels like I was there Uh, for a really long time uh, so that's cool yeah anyway
0: so now you're off to Somerville Mass yes and And what's your
1: I'm going to be working at Waltham House uh, which is part of the Home for Little Wanderers and it's a group home for LGBTQ teens Mm. So I'm going to be. Is it in Waltham? Yes. Uh Um, Yeah, so I'm going to be like a counselor there, just.
0: And and that is a paying gig.
1: It is a paying gig, yes. (laughs) Yes. Good, Um,
0: good.
1: Yeah, it seems like a really great organization to work for. Um, They've been. The Home for Little Wanderers, the larger organization, was established in like 1799 or something like that. Like it's the oldest organization children and family organization in the US. Yeah. So,
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, and I was just reading through all their benefits and stuff last night and it's like so inclusive. It was like, you know, registering for healthcare, if you have a same-sex partner, this is how you do, you know, this is mm-hmm. what you need, you need this or, this or this or this or this or this and you need this or this or this if you have a mm-hmm. different sex partner. You know, like all of these things. And like if you're caring for an elderly person or a disabled person or, you know, whatever. So I, you know, just reading through that, I was like, I think this is going to be a good place yeah, to yeah, work. So yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So
0: that sounds like a pretty crazy job.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it is going to be. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of learning. Yeah. Um,
0: it's going to be emotional as hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna get trained in therapeutic crisis intervention.
0: Did you um, you graduate college? Mm-hmm. And what was your degree in?
1: Women's and gender studies.
0: Right, that was what you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, you're. Are you gonna get another degree in that, or are they just gonna give you like training in that? Yeah,
1: they're gonna give me training yeah. for that. So it's only like a two week training. Oh yeah. And then I'm gonna get like thrown in there. So yeah. I mean, it's only 12 kids at the house, yeah. which is good. Um, and how well, many
0: counselors for the 12
1: they said that they have a staff of like four to one like four yeah. staff to one kid yeah. but I don't think that's there like at all times I yeah. think that's just like general um but yeah I mean it's good that there's only 12 kids for me but it's also like one of the few LGBTQ homes like in the country yeah. and so that they only have 12 beds is like yeah, just hard um yeah. but yeah I mean I've I've worked at the after school program. I mean, not. I've worked as a substitute, and I worked uh, at the summer school program at the middle school for a while. Um, So I've done some level of like working with teenagers who maybe need more support than other teenagers. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm anticipating it being a major major challenge, and I'm excited to see how I handle that. Uh, I think you're. Thanks, yeah. And, I mean, I'm planning on getting my teaching degree at some point in okay. the future. So, sort of, it'll at least be a good preparation for that. <laughs> yeah,
0: because that, yeah, that seems like what you're about to do seems like a uh, uh, particularly challenging, I don't want to say, uh, well, yeah, like a high burnout rate, mm-hmm. you know, like a, or, or a low life expectancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I you know, when I was talking to the program director there during the interview, she actually said, like, we have a really low turnover rate compared to other group homes. Um, and I think that every, all the decisions that they make there are made as a team. Like, you don't individually make a decision about the kids. And so I think that the way that they've modeled it has been changing, you know, has has a lot of room for change when it's needed. And they're very, like, mindful working together as a team. So... Hopefully that holds true, and mm. I don't burn out right away. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, guess you can always move on if, hopefully I can always move on if needed.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to picture that in a, uh, in a day-to-day way where you, you're, you're um, the kids live there. They do, yeah. yeah. So but they these, go to
1: school separate from there, most of you yeah.
0: Know, so. so then, so, so some kid is uh, in crisis, yeah. And uh, and you're just listening, yeah. So that's kind of what your role is going to be, yeah. And then you're going to get together with a team and say, this is what I heard,
2: yeah. This is where
0: I think the kids at, yeah. Bring everyone else's opinion of where they, you know, and then try to group assess where the kids at, and then you're into the group. Um, mm-hmm. Decision on how to uh, Counsel yeah.
1: yeah That sounds That sounds You know Pretty accurate Yeah, yeah. I don't really know What to expect Honestly yeah.
0: So Yeah I guess Yeah It's probably like Best <laughs> Best calm case scenario yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I
1: hope that's how it goes
0: yeah. And then meanwhile You're like holding Some kid down So it doesn't hurt everyone
1: Yeah <laughs> well, he's
0: so angry They actually so angry. said that yeah.
1: um, It's been two years Since they've had to Use a hold on anyone Yeah um so uh it's actually it's a pretty low risk place yeah. like they they have like all these requirements like a suicide attempt and all mm. these things that you have to like have had a certain amount of time pass so that it's like not a super like fraught
0: home I would think in that environment this is I'm just obviously completely speculating yeah but in that environment I would I bet that the um the uh, the anger well anger is probably pretty high but like the the, uh, the aggressive, violent anger is probably fairly low where it's more sad than, mm. than like, angry. You know, mm. like... Um, I don't know. You know, I, I picture kids in, like, other homes. Um, yeah. you know, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. Because yeah. it's, like, because kids going into the other homes are, are just... Um, I guess, actually... Yeah. As I'm sort of like thinking about it, there's there's a lot of similarities actually because it's it probably boils down to um rejection. Yeah. You know, exactly. It probably boils down to just the kid is being yeah. and or feeling rejected. Probably yeah. probably being and then feeling yeah. Um rejected and then just dealing with that and just being really angry. So I guess really well then fear is there too.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Where it's where there's there's something so specific that's different. But when you but at the base level it's really kind of the same. Totally. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So, you know I'm hoping that, you know, the thing that it's an LGBTQ group home, it's sort of like automatically accepting at least of one part of you and it's like we are here for you specifically. I was gonna
0: say that too, where there's also there's an there's almost a built in um uh, a built-in uh, unity you know there's a built-in right. that person
1: right it's ha- not like you just happened to be placed here yeah
0: and yeah. like at some level this person trusts you right because at some level they know you've been where they've been right, right? well yeah ish yeah depending on the, the, the cases are always different right yeah. but like um, as opposed to um, you know the the, the classic typical teen, you don't understand. You don't, yeah. understand you don't understand you don't understand you don't know what I'm going through yeah where it's like,
1: mm, yeah,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, but to some totally. level. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of, of why you're feeling or uh, the specifics around your rejection.
1: Yeah, right.
0: But I know your fears, and I know your
1: yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that I'm going to learn a lot from the kids, yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can be a positive element of their life and not. You know, totally piss them off. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: So, yeah, you know, always a learning process, I guess. You know, that's the goal to be always learning. So, I'll certainly be learning in this job. I'm not going to be stagnant and <laughs> uh,
0: be evolving. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah. I picture you being a good, calming, um, you know, being able to talk a level of, uh, a level of um, uh, reason.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, I a level of like, you know, uh, coming to a, to finding a, a place of meeting. Yeah. You know, and being able to kind of bring someone down and well, thank make you. them feel comfortable and calm. And, Thanks. And I'm here to like work with you.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. I, I, I think that I have been able to do that in some situations and hopefully I can do that in this these situations so yeah
0: it'd be cool to be paid for it
1: yeah it will be cool to be paid for it yeah I was actually you know this is sort of going back off off track but um at the archives I just thought of a story you know we were talking about the transgender bathroom issues and this actually comes up at the archives as well of um you know this is a lesbian space and who is allowed in that space. And I was actually speaking to an older woman who was uh, at the, the archives. The
0: archive period in general. like Yeah, the archives itself. where I work, yeah, the lesbian yeah, horror
1: yeah. story archives. Um, and I was actually able to talk to her. And I guess she's someone who's sort of been, you know, in basically circling, cycling through a variety of different communities and sort of constantly feeling rejected by them, um, sort of because she hasn't really taken the opportunity to understand where she's at, I guess. This is sort of the background that I heard afterwards. Um, But she was really very uh, anti-trans at all uh, when I was speaking with her. and I think we were able to actually come to a place where we understood each other and she changed her mind about something. So I felt really good about that. And, you know, I think that there's an element of now I'm just going off on all kinds of tangents but I was I've been talking about patience with people a lot and how patience is a really key part of allyship of having the patience to speak with people who you disagree with who disagree with you
0: that's what we were talking about before the the willingness to like hear and learn not just get your point across exactly and
1: so you know hopefully I can bring that patience which I've been able to use like sort of on more of a political level, I guess, mm. to the kids and, you know, really have patience for, for their struggle as well. So,
2: mm.
1: yeah, you know, we'll see how that goes. And obviously, from the, my rant at the beginning, I'm not always, like, patient. When given the opportunity to go off, I will. <laughs> but I do try my best to be patient. <laughs>
0: yeah. It would be cool if you could, like, teach kids that stuff, too. Yeah, if you yeah. could, like, make that kind of a... a, uh, a that's what I would do personally, like with a, with a kid, not in that specific arena yeah. necessarily. But oh, yeah. um, in, in, in working with kids in general, I, I try to, uh, you know, uh, bring them along my journey. Oh, yeah. You know, of learning totally. and, and bring like, hey, I didn't know. I'm learning this too. And I'm, totally. I'm learning how to like listen more. I'm learning how to like not be so quick to assume that my opinion is the one at the table that matters.
1: Right. Exactly. You know. Yeah, I've done a lot of babysitting, and I actually worked for this family uh, for almost a, half a year now. And um, one of the little girls was, like, we, we were she was marrying off Barbies, and there was only one Ken Barbie. And there was, like, 17, like, female Barbies of, you know, like, 10 of them were Elsa's um, from Frozen. <laughs> Um, and she, like, married one Barbie to the Ken, and then she, like, put her aside and started marrying another Barbie to the Ken, and I was like, well, didn't, isn't he married to her? And she was like, yeah, and I was like, well, like, he can't, you can't get married twice, like, it doesn't, you know, not that I was trying to, like, reinforce monogamy in her mind, yeah. but, you know, just, yeah. like, legally it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Um, and you're like did they get divorced yeah I didn't, see, I didn't, know.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that did happened. they hate
0: each other I didn't see them fighting
1: yeah exactly like where's <laughs> you know show me the papers um, and she was like well who is she going to marry and I was like well she can marry her and she was like two girls can't get married and I was like actually yeah they can and she was like well I don't want two girls to get married do you and I was like yeah I do and she was like okay and then we had like 10 lesbian marriages and I was like <laughs> Way to go! <laughs> She's like four years Par- old. <laughs> your
0: parents, there was rainbows everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> was nothing. Like, sorry. Nothing happened. Nothing yeah. happened.
1: Yeah. Then the yeah. parents asked me if I def- if I called myself an activist, and I was like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna let me back here? And they did. So they yeah. still love me. So it's all good.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. <I'm sorry. laughs>
1: yeah. So, anyway. Came
0: home with their daughters holding signs. And- yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Protesting
1: on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to the park or do you want to go to a protest? Protest, protest. <laughs> awesome. uh, anyway.
0: Um, well, I don't know. Uh, give you a chance to rant, I think, <laughs> with this uh, uh, subject slash question. I don't even know how to phrase. Um, but... Uh, so, as, um, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even need to say, like, as a gay person, yeah. because I feel the same way and I see it the same way. Yeah. Um, where I see, you know, I see a wrong, you know, I, I see, like, uh, um, I don't deny, I, I, this is something I've been learning about, like, my own privilege, you know, it's not like I was uh, um, oblivious to um, my privilege as a concept. Um, but just trying to become more, um, trying to become a more, well, lack of a better way to phrase it, trying to become more aware of the nuances of it. You know, mm. the the pervasiveness. Oh, of totally. It, right? Yeah. The, the just underlying constant. Yeah. Of it, right? Yeah. So that's absolutely. been my yeah constant recent kind of yeah, yeah <laughs> recent um, uh, light bulb kind of yeah. well, right. Good for you. And uh, but it's uh, but the 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 what's always been there is just the uh, the awareness of injustices of just like you know to me it's just crazy talk. It's crazy to me that yeah. that um, that any group short of white supremacy yeah. you, know I mean? you know but you know what yeah. I mean just like general humans like colors, sexes, sexual orientations um, that anyone has the right to like judge and feel away and feel any sort of superiority over right. um, someone else. It's just infuriating, and it's, it is. So, it's so incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Um, um, so, um, would you, you know what what is the solution? What is the tact? What's the you know what's yeah. the, uh, the the strategy? What well, if 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 the world were your oyster, you were in charge of everything? Ooh you know what I mean what yeah
1: would... totally. Yeah, well I love that question because something that I've been thinking about a lot is um, imagination and I think that you know a lot of times we say like okay like sure you know black people shouldn't get discriminated against but that's a personal thing between people and you know we can't police people and change the way that people act and I think that um To me, that shows, which it's not blaming anyone, but I think it shows a lack of imagination that we can't imagine
2: Mm. a
1: world where everything is different, you know, Mm. and...
0: And that that's okay.
1: Right. Like, to me, you know, the issue of policing, you know, we have police officers, which I'm not uh, trying at all to hate on police officers, but I think that, you know, we have, um, you know, the, the, the primary purpose or... To me, the primary purpose of police officers should be to maintain wellness within a community, maintain justice, maintain peace, maintain wellness in a community. So a community, it means the community has to exist in order to maintain that. Um, And so, you know, in a perfect world, police officers wouldn't be arresting people and sending them to jail. You know, maybe we wouldn't even have jail. It would be more of, like, hey, I noticed that you seem to not have enough money for your groceries. Maybe we can go to this fund and help you with the groceries that you need, and then you will be okay, and you won't need to worry about, you know, doing something that is not healthy to you or your community in order to get the money to pay for your groceries, or, you know, take not having enough time for the people that you love, or, you know, like all of these things. And so... You know, that's kind of, it sounds like a far-fetched idea, I guess, to, you know, have this total change of, like, not having prisons. Like, what would we do with all the criminals, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think, not that we need to say this is how it should be right now, or we need to say this is, um, okay, I lost, that, that, that's, I think that we just need to be recognizing what we are moving towards, and I think that what you're saying of people not having power over other people—nobody should be able to like Mm -hmm. have power over somebody on the basis of their identity or on the you know really. I mean, I don't really know why. What would be a good reason for having power over somebody? You know, like
0: for any reason. Yeah, but does that make sense? But kinda. Yeah, Yeah, right. And so
1: like. When we are mindful of that, I think we can start thinking through having that as our goal. We can start thinking through a variety of things. So, to me, like, you know, I could go on a rant about almost anything. There's things that I'm less knowledgeable, about, things that I'm more knowledgeable about, obviously, like everybody. Um, but, you know, like our medical system, we have a medical system that, you know, right now is very lo- reliant on insurance. And, You know, everybody hurts from that, you know, whether it's doctors or patients, you know, like everybody is suffering from insurance right now. And, um, you know, most every, every medical thing that we're working on right now is very, you know, things that were invented in the last 50 years and are focused on, okay, your stomach has a problem, so let's treat that. It could definitely doesn't have anything to do with your head. Definitely doesn't have anything to do with your blood system, you know, like
0: your stress level.
1: Yeah, of course not. You know, our bodies aren't connected. There's nothing like, (laughs) you know, basic about our principle, you know, like the way that we function that would make our body parts connected. They're all just random separate things, just (laughs) like us in a community. We're all just random separate individuals with no impact on each other, you know? So, I think once we start to recognize that there are consequences for our actions, that we have the ability to think about ourselves as a community and not just as individuals, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, obviously that should be changing right now policy wise and that we need to be fighting for policy wise, especially with our new government coming in, um, such as, you know... In- prioritizing the environment over profit, prioritizing people over profit. Um, I think that's something that we need to acknowledge, which really sucks to acknowledge, is that we are in the world that we are in now, which that world has pollution, that world has um, you know, bad air, has this huge amount of trash, has this huge amount of disease. And the people who are suffering and has, you know, climate change is happening actively. The people who are really bearing the burden of that are people who are poor, people who are of color, people who are living in countries that do not speak English, that are not part of the Western world. You know, all of these things. And I think, you know, that's a major way that our privilege shows, you know, is... You know, we get to live in New Hampshire where, you know, you look outside and there's 10 trees there and you go to the public school and everything's perfect. You know, not everything's perfect. There's a lot of problems still. But, Mm. you know, like we have this beautiful little life where we can come here. We have all our craft beers and, you know, all of this lovely Mm. stuff. And, you know, we don't want that to go away. But we also, I think, part of equality is that we have to also bear the burden, some of the burdens, which when you distribute... All of the burdens equally, it's not that bad for anyone, but as it is right now, all of the burdens, all of the you know, economic burdens, the environmental burdens in particular right now are being placed on the people who are also most marginalized politically and socially and economically. And, you know, we have to acknowledge that we're going to have to, like, take a share of that, you know, which and, like, sucks. And, be willing. Yeah, and be willing to do yeah. that, which that's, you know, that's giving up privilege to a certain degree. And,
2: yeah.
1: you know, there's privilege that we can't really shake. We can't, like, not be white. Like, we are white. No matter how we act, no matter how we educate ourselves, no matter what we do, we're going to be white. And we're going to be perceived as white. We're going to, you know, our everything about us will be white um so but you know our environment really is something that we have to really take responsibility for and the war that we commit you know all these wars that we're part of are happening on other people's soil nothing is happening in the i mean we're having all these you know more acts of violence that are happening in the u.s which are not necessarily coming from outside of the u.s but you know all the wars that we're fighting are not being fought on our soil you know
0: which they're also not being fought for our freedoms
1: no they're not they're They're being fought fought for for some people's profit yeah Yeah. So, you know, there's so many things that we need to change. But I think that, you know,
0: it's almost hard to talk about, isn't it? It's it like is. You just find yourself just it like, is. Ah, like, yeah, like I just want to say everything at once. Like, yeah, totally. It's like, like, like circle and it's, it's like, ah, it's, it's really overwhelming. Yeah. really. But is. I think,
1: you know, the the emphasis, I think a lot of times people say, you know, critics of. You know, and I, I think it's I don't think it's a bad thing, but you know, critics are like, Okay, you have all these criticisms, now what are your solutions? Which I don't like that we criticize criticism. I think criticism I is crucial. And, and, and people are like, oh, you're complaining. It a, yeah, it's, it's like,
0: a week out yeah, to me. exactly. It's just like, okay, then we'll do nothing.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. It's all fine. Yeah. Right. You know, no one's we'll, dying. It's all good. Yeah. No we criticism. We'll just
0: continue to block our ears. <sighs> right. And we won't erase any awareness. Right. And we won't, like, think about it at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. I so, know. but they're also, you know, within this criticism, we also have to have a hope, you know. And I think that um, it gets... You know, sometimes we say hope and we're just like, oh, I hope it's all going to be all right. And, you know, like we're not really thinking critically about what that hope is. But, you know, a hope for me is that in the future, you know, where we are now with lesbian and gay issues, which is far from perfect, but is much better than it was 50 years ago. You know, in another 30 years, that's where we're going to be with transgender issues that, you know, people identifying outside the gender binary is going to be like pretty okay. You know, it's going to be like not a huge deal for people to be like, hey I don't subscribe to this idea of masculinity or this idea of femininity and I don't identify as a man or as a woman and I'm a person and I'm valid and I'm an individual and that's okay, you know like,
0: <laughs> you know oh, It makes me crazy Yeah, Like it, that people care.
1: Yeah, it I know. It's like, why insane. is it your business? Um but, you know, that's that's a hope of mine. I personally, for, like, my utopian hopes, I love Marge Piercy's book, Woman on the Edge of Time. Um, she describes this utopian future where everyone, um, you know, lives collectively. It's really, it's really gorgeous. Like, everyone has their own home. Like, partners don't live together, but they live near each other. Um, children get their own homes, like, after a certain age. But everyone is farming and uh, there's technology but the way that technology is used is so interesting it's like the machines like do the dishes but everybody cooks together because the cooking process is beautiful and there's nurturing and creativity in the cooking but the dish like washing dishes or like stitching like work clothes is something that's done by machines and I think it's really interesting because I think there's a lot of criticism of like oh all technology is horrible but In reality, technology can be, like, a a rock that you're banging against, like, Mm a piece of grass. And, like, that's a technology to do that, you know? It's just how we're using the technology, who's benefiting from that use of technology, who is not being benefited by the, you know, like...
0: Whether we're abusing...
1: Right, whether we're abusing power when we do that and, you know, who's producing it. Or just abusing
0: the technology. Right, abusing
1: the technology, abusing the earth, abusing ourselves, all of that. So... I love that, and in that, there's, like, there's no... Everyone has the pronouns per, per per-self, person. Um, But there are, like, difference in genders. People recognize, like, oh, yeah, like, they're male, they're female. It's not something that they, like, are constantly, like, talking about. But, you know, if asked, they'll be like, yeah, male, female. But, you know, some people are, like, super feminine. Some people are sort of, like, androgynous. Some people are super masculine. And it doesn't really matter about, like... gender and they're all individuals but there is a lot of flexibility in how they present themselves what their roles are and I think that's gorgeous and you know raising children is all about like having children be part of the community like their art is in this big Mm -hmm. community hall where everyone eats and they're out in the fields like looking at, you know, picking up bugs and asking about it and learning about that and, like, digging in the soil, you know, like, which there is things that happen like that. Like, in Denmark, they have schools sort of like that, but again, who gets to live in Denmark? Um, So, yeah. um, Yeah, I, I think being hopeful is amazing and being critical is amazing. And we need to keep doing both. We can't do one without the other and... I think that we have to just continue working together and listening to each other and being patient with each other. And I think, you know, there's an element of, you know, it's like you got to choose sides. And I think that that is important that we do say, this is what I stand behind and this is what I believe in. And I'm not going to sacrifice my values because it's convenient to everyone else. But I also think there's which is not discounting it, there's also an element of we have to truly listen to each other and see each other as people and see each other's needs. And I think that a lot of the people who voted for Trump, I'm not saying that they're not racist, we're all racist, I'm racist, that's the nature of being a person in this society, is that you are influenced by racism. Um, But, you know, they we're doing it out of fear they're fearing for their lives and that they're working hard and you know whatever and if they're willing to at least have the conversation we should try to have that conversation I think if people aren't willing to have the conversation what are you going to do you know
0: but yeah. yeah I think that's um that's important yeah and what you were saying about um uh, there's been a lot of uh, I think one of the one of the things that that I think is positive that's come out of a lot of this um, uh, uh, negative vibe, negative uh, tone that's in the country right now, is more talk about being supportive, mm-hmm. more talk yeah. about speaking up, and more talk about you know. Um, um, speaking supporting supportively you know what I mean like I I stand up for gay rights I stand up for black rights right j- yeah and being a white male. right I, I think it's I think that is getting louder
1: yeah I think so too yeah,
0: which is which is cool which is crucial
1: yeah and I hope that that continues and that that doesn't get silenced because I think there has been fear of like oh well, we're talking too much about these identities and that's what like, drove away all these people from voting Democrat this season and it's like I, I don't think that that's a positive direction to go down to stop talking about our values and who we stand behind to me that's like very scary that we feel silenced in talking about like what's important to us you know so I, I totally agree with you and I think we can definitely we can find positives in everything and hold on to that and, and move forward <laughs> We have to Yeah Yeah we just gotta keep moving forward You know there's times when it's like Holy shit What are we gonna do You know But it's like On the night of the election I texted like everybody that I knew And I was like I love you (laughs) I mean I sometimes I I just like texted people Like I love you Because I was like I need you know These people that I care about That I Are part of my community We need to move forward together We're stronger together You know I'm not gonna be like oh, fuck you, like, you know, I don't care about you anymore. Like, I'm going to be like, let's figure out how we can work this out together yeah. and how we can, like, join together, yeah. actually. You
0: yeah, know? I went through a little bit of both. Like, I went through the night of the election, Leah and I went to a gay club in a Agonquit. Oh, wow. And I thought that would be a great way to celebrate. To celebrate. To, to celebrate the keeping that out. Yeah. And then it was like, there's just this sinking awful like oh my god surreal and then but I went I went you know I did a little bit of both I got kind of angry at yeah. the people that that uh, yeah that let him in uh, and that took me a little longer than a night to get over but, um, it actually went from uh, my stepfather mm. voted for Trump Oh wow. And uh, that's really
2: close.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's and this is a guy who I love yeah. with all my being and yeah. have loved since I was you know, I 12, 11, yeah. you know. And uh, and I and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Yeah. And he's been my mother's rock for yeah. all these years wow. and you know, he's he's been an incredible model for me for um, for being a loyal mm-hmm you know, uh, decent, mm-hmm. you know, human. Yeah. Uh, in relationships and just in the world and, uh, and he voted for Trump, you know, and he was one of the only people kind of in my whole sort of world and yeah. family and stuff and and, um, and he reached out to me and he kind of group texted me and Leah and he said something about, you know, he just said, so, I can't remember exactly what he said but it was just sort of reaching out and I didn't even respond and it wasn't yeah. out of, I wasn't mad at him or yeah. I was just, I didn't really just have anything to say to it, really. as plain as that. I just didn't, it wasn't, there was no bitterness. I just didn't have anything to say. And then, uh, and then, um, I I think he reached out again and Leah said something to him, but I still didn't say anything. And then, eight, my son reached out to me and he said, I fucked up. And I was like, what happened? he's like, I told grandpa to... uh, like basically go to hell I can't remember what it was but it was something like really really bad uh, it was, uh, you know it was something like rude and disrespectful yeah. to his grandfather yeah. um, and it was re- it was politically because yeah. my We're stepfather bad. said something like you know uh, let me send you an article to show you why Trump isn't like racist and horrible and Aiden basically said eat shit Yeah. you know and my stepfather got really offended, and my mother got really mad at him, which is, yeah, you better expect that from yeah. my mom when you do that. And uh, and so it took them, it took, I actually got involved. I actually kind of got in the middle of it and, and sort of like I schmoozed it on this end and <laughs> this end, and I kind of brought them together. But in doing that, I, I was talking to him, and he, and he really, and it was, this was only through text, yeah. and it was still really emotional. It yeah. was... Um, he said, you know, he, he's just like, I feel he's like, I'm feeling really disenfranchised from the whole family yeah. because of because of fucking politics. Yeah. Because of this. And I'm yeah. feeling really alone yeah. and disenfranchised. Yeah. And I immediately yeah. was just like, holy shit. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, no, 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 don't like don't feel that. Like, yeah. I love you. Like, you're like, you're my like. There's yeah. no male yeah. on this planet that I like look up to more yeah. than you. Wow. Um and like you're like you mean a lot. It, it, yeah. it, this is only this is only that. This is yeah. really you know, superfluous, like really superficial. Yeah. Uh, compared to what we are. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was but that was really yeah like uh, it was it was actually pretty intense. Yeah. It was pretty intense. He was he was really just like I feel totally alone. And it was all from that just yeah. kind of, you know, that um, uh, collective tension that yeah. everyone was feeling. over. Yeah. You know.
1: I think that feeling of aloneness, I mean, that's, state. I mean, that's real. I think that a lot of people are feeling that and it's,
2: mm.
1: it's scary. I mean, it's a, it's a fearful place to be in, you know, and. You know, it's good that you were able to, you know, reach out to. Well, I was just going to say,
0: it's cool that you did the same. Like, you know, that that it sounds to me like what you said was what you did is you reached out to anyone, no matter not even necessarily paying attention to where they laid. It was just more like, hey, collectively, yeah, we're all on the planet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we're all in this together, and this is and this between us is much more important than you know like right we have to get through whatever happens right you know.
1: and I think also you know I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other night actually is you know there's being a good person and I think I mean I, I maybe I'm overly naive but I believe most people are good people and that they want good to happen they want things to be good whether it's they want things to be good for themselves or they want things to be good for their family or they want things to be good for their family and friends or for the larger community or the world or whatever like whatever their circle their scope is most people I think want things to work out well and to be good and to not have bad things or violence happen um, but the, you know there's that and then there's learning how to do that in a responsible way beyond just yourself beyond just your family you know Really, part of the world, and I think you know, again, part of being a good ally, part of being a good, you know, whatever it is citizen. politically, citizen yeah. is meeting people where they are, meeting people and saying, I see you as a good person, I, I, I like, I value, just like you're saying, I value this bond that we have, I think you're really wonderful, and I want to show you how you know, maybe this that you're doing. I've done that and then I realized that it wasn't really helpful to anyone and it was actually hurtful to people and you know maybe we can work together on learning something new and like you know getting sort of moving in a direction that better represents being a good person for you you know and so I mean
0: this value in this value in being supportive and good to someone whether yeah. you're on the same page or totally. not. And there is, and that, I I think that that's energy. Yeah, You know, and I think totally. that that's good collective, positive energy that will... You know,
1: it is. You know. Yeah. We'll I mean, when it comes there, down to it, we're all alive, you know. It's like, you know, one of my best friends who I love so dearly is a nurse. And, you know, when you're a nurse, it's like someone could come in with a swastika tattoo mm-hmm. and you have to treat them because they're a person and they deserve to be alive, you know, and like...
0: What's that famous, uh, there's, a, there's a really famous photograph from probably the 60s with two black nurses uh, treating a Ku Klux Klan who had been shot laying on an operating table, and they're saving his life.
1: They deserve fucking Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> it's
0: intense, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's intense.
1: Because that's like, I mean, I, I, I would say you can be a good person without doing that, you yeah. know, like... I would really struggle with that, you oh, know, like, but I wouldn't put myself in that position because I know that's something I would really struggle with. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Uh, there's a lot of power in doing the right thing.
1: There is. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of power in rising above that person's wrong. There is. doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to change them. No. And there's a hundred behind them
1: exactly so
0: you, you better do the right thing for you
1: yeah and that speaks greater to you and you know what you represent and you know maybe that will make some difference whether it's the difference that you want or, you know whatever So yeah, yeah coming together I mean that's all we can do really yeah
0: <laughs> alright well that seems like a good a good spot to yeah. leave people with
1: well, thank you so much for having me oh, on the yeah, show. It's for been coming. a pleasure. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: I'm really glad you did.
1: Yeah, me too. It's been uh, nice to, you
0: know, get to know you a little better. Yeah, now. yeah, for sure. Right on. And I'm sure it's been good for people to get to know you. Oh, thanks. And know that you're good as <laughs> out there. Thanks. All right, well, love you.
1: Thank you. Love you back. Be good out there. All
0: right, peace.